To spoiler alert. Spoilers. I'm your Alerts. host, Johnny Destructo. <laughs> With me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Yes. Exclamation. Boom. Colon. Act colon. break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Also with intermission. Noel. Noel. Intermission. Bartocci. Credits. Bathroom break. <laughs> Fade to black. <laughs> What's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to tell you, uh, we're, we're, we're flying by the seat of your pants here. Not ours, yours. Because uh, I bought a whole new microphone setup um, because people were nice enough. They've been nice enough for, for, for several months now to donate to the Patreon that I have. Uh, we actually got uh, some new microphones for the Hero Complex. So Nolan No one I, donates to my shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> editor's note sorry about all of the microphone sounds we didn't realize that uh every move we made was being picked up by the microphones it it hopefully it settles down after uh maybe about 15 20 minutes um what was what was i saying though oh so normally noel and i, I don't know if you can tell this mark we are crowded around like uh like a snowball microphone one of those like globe yeah. Globus microphones. Yeah, it's a snowball. It's just one of those omnidirectional little balls. We're huddled around it like so like we could feel each other's breath near a fire. <laughs> um, so we really get to to get in each other's grills. But uh, now we've got two separate microphones, and we're across the table. I feel I feel a definite separation. Yeah, it's nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so everyone should definitely contribute to Mark's Patreon, which can be found at. Um. ML, is it ML Miller writes? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even find it. I can't imagine why no one's it's out there. Right. It's out there somewhere though. Yeah, just Google me, man. Yeah. Well, that's what Rob always said. <laughs> Come on. Do the fucking work. Yeah. And then <laughs> and give then me you, your money. Then, then give me money. <laughs> I want to put more hurdles in front of your wallet and me. <laughs> yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's like a game. <laughs> Oh, Game shit. where you don't win, I do. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get to this week's comic books, which is what's, what we're here to discuss, we have some emails from the listener. Um, emails from the listener. listener. All right. The death of Rob Patey <laughs> and the rise of the Rob Patys from Christopher Goodnight, St. Saucy. Sorry Rob hasn't felt like being on the show recently, but I do enjoy Noel along with Mark and JD. Hell, it could be JD and and two puppets. And as long as one of them read my emails, I would listen. 
The reason I didn't write much last week was because I just didn't have that much to say. This week I have at least read two of the books you are discussing. With Heroes in Crisis number five, the art is really pretty, but the dialogue was stilted. Maybe it was just because Babs was lying to Batman, or at least leaving out the fact that she was working with Harley that was making her so awkward, but she seemed really weird in this issue. If it's the case that she was nervous because she was lying and that had her off her game, then fine, it's good writing. Still, I li like I said, the art is fantastic. That page where Batman is descending the stairs to where Batman Batgirl is waiting for him was stunning. With Action Comics, I hate that it jumped back in time to the start of the three months while John was gone. I hope they don't retcon his being aged up. I love the idea that he is older than Damien now. At least he appears to be. The issue was interesting, but it felt a little short. As for Lois revealing she is married to Superman to her dad... I didn't even know there was an animosity between the General and Cal. Yeah. Lastly, I wanted to catch you up on Wonder Woman. Steve Trevor is not the new Ares. I think they made a mistake of drawing him too similar, but in the end of the last arc, Steve and Ares are in panel together with Wonder Woman and several other characters. Yeah. I'll agree with you that the art on that one issue was super shitty, but when Zermonico is on the book, it's beautiful. That's the problem with two issues a month. you got to deal with art that changes issue to issue. Any thoughts on the restaurant Wendy's comic book preferences as revealed on Twitter today, February 7th, 2019? Apparently, Gail Simone spurred the conversation, and someone called Wendy's a fake fan, and she shut them up with some serious knowledge. Unfortunately, she, said she enjoys Saga, so me and her would never work out. Chris St. Saucy, good night. This is an excellent, another excellent email from Chris. Thank you. Um, so, Rob, if you're listening, you are missed. Although, if you were a puppet, he wouldn't give a fuck. So, cool. If Rob was a puppet, he would definitely be like Sam the Eagle. Yeah. Oh, my God. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I also like that I guess I can't be a puppet. No, no, you're puppet. I have to still be here. If, if we were, someone's got to work the knobs. If we were a Muppet movie, you would be the only human character. I'd be the... You'd be the one the with the hands up all mm -hmm. of our asses. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it's like now That's true did i mention how close we were sitting before <laughs> uh i i want to say um his uh, assessment of heroes in crisis stick with it stick with your guns man if you think that the dialogue was stilted it didn't hook up for you like it sounded like yeah. you were doing some backflips to kind of make it feel like it made more sense to you mm -hmm. maybe it just wasn't hitting your marks it's fine I, I that happens sometimes I, I do those back those back bends because uh, I want to like things. So mm -hmm. if there is something – I've mentioned on the show before. If there is something that I'm bothered by in a film or, or a series uh, and someone comes up with an, a reasonable explanation for it, then I'm like, great. Where's the gray line between a reasonable explanation and creating entire backstories that happen off panel? Oh, I won't to, do that. Well, it's, it's broaching that. It's like – well, maybe it was stilted because she was lying to Batman, who we found out a couple pages later. Well, that is, that, is that reaching or is that good character development? Is that like you... If it's good character development, good it voice. still happens off panel. Like, I don't know. What, like need a thought bubble to make her go, golly, I sure am nervous. I just think it's a stretch. I think, I think this has to do with both of his, his uh, stories because we never got that story that had Batman or Batgirl and Harley like establishing this friendship. And on, and we never got really uh, uh, even a page of any threat or any conflict between um, John or I'm sorry, uh, Pa 
Lane and uh, Lois about Superman, at least not in the at least not in the um, Bendis run. Yeah, no, that's historical more than anything else. But it, not knowing about it is definitely feasible. Like, yeah, I would yeah. say that's a good point, Mark. I would think yeah. that somewhere in this, I mean, he just started his run, but mm-hmm. still, it's yeah. been enough time that he could have had Lane in there. Um, sure, railing against Superman. Yeah, so, so one way or another, that would. In that, that would have in made that story. one of the talking yeah. heads on TV or something. Yeah, sure, sure. Or a note on that desk thing that he always, <laughs> yeah. you know, the stuff that <laughs> at least put on a the first page. Note. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, go back. Maybe there is one. <laughs> there might be. Note to self: Lane hates Kent. Yeah. Um, so what else? Heroes in Crisis. The art is fantastic. Action comics. Oh, the uh, yeah, the aging up of John Kent. I think it's cool. Um. I don't know how I feel about it yet, and I'll tell you why Hmm? after this commercial break. No, um, (laughs) because we've got the Super Sons book, which has Damien and John kind of teaming up, which is fun. And also we have another Superboy. We have Connor Kent, who at the end, we're going to get to it later, the Young Justice series, where whatever happened to Connor Kent or whatever, Superboy's coming back in Young Justice. So now we're going to have two similarly aged Superboys. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know, it's a bit of a clusterfuck, but because they're the same writer, I'm almost more excited about how they deal with it. Whereas if it was like two separate books, they're doing their own thing, and then like it's just won't jive. It almost feels like calculated, which makes me slightly more excited. I guess it also feels a little too soon. Like oh, it's, it was, always feels too soon. The kid was just introduced, not you know, kind of recently in the last three or four years, and I feel like. We had a lot more young Superboy time to delve into before we're like, oh, now he's a teenager. Well, it's comic books. Maybe they'll put the genie back in the bottle. Well, yeah, that's what he says in the email here is that mm. he hopes that doesn't happen. Uh, well, I think that, yeah, we're, we're getting to a little bit of a mess where um, not only that, but we've got Impulse back and we still got Bland Wallace West. We've got uh, running around. Um, who's already redundant because Wally West was running around. And it's like, I understand you can have multiple characters, but there gets to a point where it, it's it's all, it's like a popularity contest. There, it's no, there's no comparison between Impulse and Wallace West. It's like Impulse is a, a fan favorite. There's And I still, I think Connor as Superboy as much as uh, John Kent is uh, sort of like a, a, a favorite now, I still think people have really fond memories of Connor Kent. As, and so it's it's one of those things where I, I think popularity is going to win out here. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to make these other kind of tertiary characters just a little redundant and worth being set up on the executioner's block a little bit, yeah. maybe, you know? Um, Part of me does miss the the Earth, the different Earths. Like we don't get a lot of those. I, I wouldn't mind if we had a Wally West on a different Earth. Like, yeah, like it used to be back in the day. Yeah, and, and like I miss I miss uh, Green Arrow. Uh, um, what's his nuts? <laughs> oh, um, uh, are you the Green Lantern? No, well, no, I I, I do miss Connor, uh, Kyle Rayner. I think oh, that Kyle. Um, yeah, I've always been a, a big fan of Kyle, but then also. Um, Oh God! I can't believe the other Connor, Connor Hawk. 
Uh, oh my god! Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. From Green, he was like uh, a, a monk or something. Yeah, he was basically it was basically Archer and Armstrong before Archer and Armstrong. That's right. Uh, so, but it's like those were all really well developed characters that had like a fan following of their own. A lot of people followed their stuff for followed those characters for years and years and years mm. uh, before they were kind of retro killed because of like they brought back Ollie, they brought back Hal, they brought back Barry. Um, well, also it's just too, kind of a mess. Like the last two reboots, they literally just erased characters. Yeah, so. yeah. Like Impulse, and we'll get into it, but well, maybe not because uh, I, I just read the Flash annual, mm-hmm. and it's got it's got Impulse just going all of these places, like saying like, "Hey, where's uh, where's uh, where's Iris West? Where's uh, Wally West? You know, he's he's going around acting like it's the new Fifty Two, and it's not." Um, so he's he's kind of wait no that's not the, the man out of place. That's not the new fifty two. He's going around like it's pre new fifty two. If he's asking yeah. for Wally yeah. and Iris, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. looking for all of those guys. Yeah. Um, but so um, may, so maybe Joshua Williams is still telling Jeff Johns' story because no one else seems to be. Yeah. Maybe we'll get into that later because we're dealing with that Batman issue. Well, so we've got one last thing you wanted. I don't know if you did you hear about this, Mark. The uh, hey guys, guys, yeah. you guys are are fumbling the microphone like it's your penis. <laughs> oh, you can hear. I can hear nothing but microphone fondling. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this better? Just, it's better, yeah. But it's been going on since the beginning of the podcast. Oh, fuck. So apparently, sorry about that. We were having some microphone troubles because these are very sensitive microphones, and if we even move a little bit you can hear it so we're gonna try our very best to be uh we're gripping these mics like they owe us money yeah yeah um and we will we'll have to we'll have to dip into some hopefully there'll be more patreons uh yeah. funds some... so that i can get some mic stands well, for us amazon prime some cheap mic stands yeah if anyone wants to help us out with mic stands please go to patreon backslash johnny destructo so Gail's to finish up the email from Chris and Saucy Goodnight, Gail Simone tweeted at Wendy's, Dear Wendy's, do you prefer the Marvel or DC universe? To which Wendy's responded, Marvel. So that's kind of neat. Uh, and then um, somebody had, what, Valiant re- subtweeted that, I guess, and said, You're a genius, Gail. Oh, hey, Hot Pockets. Do you like comics? We like bread envelopes of cheesy good food. (laughs) And then Zach Roberts said, Stakem, as one of your strongest influencers, I highly recommend this cross-promotion. And Stakem's responded, Okay, but can we print a comic book made entirely of frozen beef sheets? Yes. And then they they continued, Obviously you... Wait, okay. Oh, yeah, and then Valiant said... Obviously you can. May we suggest Beef Shot, Exo Mano Beef, nin, Ninja B, Beef or Beef, and Beef Wire. I think my favorite is Exo Mano Beef. No, I think yeah. Ninja Ninja B because it's Ninjab. 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 So I think shit like that is just like comics Twitter can be just a cyclone of negativity and horrible Comicsgate stuff. Uh, it's horrible. It's the worst. But then sometimes – Things like this happen. Um, and sometimes I have nice interactions with comic creators and stuff that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So it's definitely a mixed bag with Twitter, but it's things like this that are just lovely. So Thanks, um, Gail Simone. Yeah, you're you real cool. So, all right, let's get on to these books. All right. Which one do you want to do first? All right. So I'm, let's do Marvelous X-Men. Okay. So last week, here on 
Hashtag spoiler alert podcast. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Uh, we read Age of X-Men Alpha. And that is setting up basically, if anyone remembers the Age of Apocalypse back from the 90s, this is akin to that in that the X-Books are over and now there are, I want to say, five or six different miniseries that are taking the place of all the X-Books. Six, because we did the math. Each one's five. Yeah. So it's like 30 issues of this event. Yeah. Yeah. So the first of the miniseries comes out this week, and it's Marvelous X-Men. And it is by, I should have had this prepared, Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler, who had written Age of X-Men Alpha from last week. And then the artist is Marco Fiala, with color art by Matt Milla. Or Mia? M-I-L-L-A? Um... And they, they describe it as such. The Marvelous X-Men, Colossus, Storm, Magneto, Nature Girl, X-23, Nightcrawler, Jean Grey, and X-Man are the planet's first line of defense. Using their unique abilities to keep the world safe, they are adored as they should be. So basically what we have here is a Utopia, which was another X-Men title, but we have a Utopia here where everyone seems to be getting along um, well, it, it appears that everyone is a mutant, and they're all just hatched as yes, such. Yes, And the X-Men aren't a squad or force, but they are actually more like uh, emergency response yeah. unit. Yeah. So basically we have them here dealing with uh, the California fires. Yeah, and they're not a team. They are individuals mm-hmm. who all work and with each um, other. They all yeah. live in and a they live, they live in, a nowhere, in the nowhere house. In a cul-de-sac? Did anyone ever see... Did you guys see uh, uh, Channel Zero? Second no. Second season? Oh, no, no I haven't. No, I only watched, I watched the first the one. I watched the first season, which was dope. With a this is exactly... Keyboard. So there's this there's this thing in, in this movie, or in that show, where it's a cul-de-sac, and all of the people live in this cul-de-sac like this, and like they all kind of come out. I don't want to ruin... Please like, don't. It's, but um, this scene right here is very very much like that from, from that uh okay. show yeah um, i really enjoyed season one so now i'm excited for season two i really like the action scene where basically they all run out of the cul-de-sac <laughs> and <laughs> then there's a profile shot of them running down a long hallway and they all run together just so they can sit at a big table together oh my god you're right <laughs> and, i'm trying to and, match the houses to each to each character oh in the cul-de-sac who's the blue house with the pool Nightcrawler? Obviously, that's... Well, I thought Nightcrawler's was the purple one. Nature Girl. No, Nature Girl's the the grass roof, and yeah. Magneto's the metal one. I don't Interesting. Know. I don't know. But um, that's really funny, Mark. Uh, basically, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they meet in the middle of the cul-de-sac, then they're running, then another panel of them running, and then another panel of them running, and then the bottom panel is them running down a hallway, and then the, the next... next one is they're all seated at a, Everyone, like a war room. It's... Maybe maybe there is it's like hot potato <laughs> and one of them doesn't have a seat like in the back there or someone gotta like get there. Yeah, Nightcrawler is Nightcrawler is crouching like you know oh. acting like he's got a seat. Um, the last one to get there has to I don't know buy everyone a shot of wheatgrass. This is Utopia, well, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then at the end at the bottom of that page they all like all right let's go and they start running again. Me too. Oh <laughs> they my run god. Off. They're running off panel again. I it's just I can't believe I didn't notice that. This is amazing. It's just it's I there's there's a couple pieces there's a couple parts in this book that are so 
um, for lack of a better word, boring, that I feel like this is a parody, yeah. right? This is a parody book. This is it not really supposed does. to be funny. Or it's yeah. it's not supposed to be thrilling. Right. It's almost like We're the X-Men the of bureaucracy. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the bear is like, you know, the the, the or the rabbit likes Colossus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's just so low energy. Like everything is so low energy in this book, it I, feels. I um, I want that to be intentional. Right, it's got to be. It's got everything's perfect. In yeah, this and world. it's got so it's got, got a, much to do. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's like I So the idea is Here's an entire issue of like, well, I guess we'll go help those animals and save the school. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that's intentional. Colossus is like carrying two deer. It yeah. is <laughs> out of the fire. Nature girl is insistent like... to keep the bear. Like this is just weird. So I don't. Obviously, that isn't the crux of the issue. What mm-hmm. we have here is the little hints that the characters are starting to realize that something is amiss. Well, it's. I think it's um. It's it's little like triggers. So in this issue, X twenty three is triggered um, by visiting the the hatchling pod. Uh, that she immediately feels like she has a sister and sees one memory, mm-hmm. and then all the emotions attached to that, which was Gabby from X twenty three. And then she has a conversation with Nate Gray about it. He essentially just tells her, "Yeah, she was real. I erased her. Uh, we all sacrificed things. Get over it." And the next day, everyone's happy and wonderful. So they imply, you know, she, it's erased. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his eye is glowing that whole time when he's talking to her. But I guess his eye is always glowing. But it seems like he's using his power just to kind of ease her any type of problem she has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She she draws her uh, her arm up like she's about to slice him. And then she just turns around and walks away. Yeah. Wait, doesn't his eye always glow? His eye is always glowing. Yes. I guess it does, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got like the same allergy that Cable has, where it's just inflammation on one side. <laughs> yeah. At all times. The techno organic yeah. virus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, <laughs> it's an allergy. Allergies? Yeah, it's okay. his allergies. Okay. Like flow nasal, take care of that. I don't know. It's I don't, it, yeah. I don't know if I care. This is... I straight up oh. don't. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Okay. All right. No, it's. It, it, the, the conflict is not strong enough, and even the side stuff, and even when there is a conflict, it's like, okay, we gotta have these, we gotta have like six other characters doing shit in the background while people can focus on this one conflict. I mean, do you remember when, like, remember when X-Men was good, and there was <laughs> like, you know, Storm and Forge had a, like, relationship, and Jubilee and, and uh, Wolverine had a relationship. Like, they they were, like, a sidekick sort of thing, and they they were doing things. Gambit and Rogue were forming their love for each other. Every, every Everybody was, like, kind of, like, it was an ongoing thing, and there were, there were subplots, and there were, like, you know, here it's like, okay, everybody, you hit pause... <laughs> You hit pause and everybody else freezes in the background doing shit and um, or posing for a splash page. And then all it is is focusing on on in this issue is X-23 and X-Men. And that'd be that'd be okay if there was anything else going on. But no one else is Mm -hmm. there's not a not a story going on with any of these other characters. Yeah, I I agree. There's there's two things that kind of bug me. In regards to stories like this and this in general, like, uh, or in this specifically, there is no entry point. So, like, for two issues now, this has been the novelty of a plot 
device with no actual like main character or thread. So like a uh, perfect example of how this is potentially done right is uh, House of M. So we had a character who felt out of place in this new world and then we were being introduced to it slowly through their point of view of everything's wrong. Yeah. So that like, yeah. immediately gave us an in, uh, the need to not necessarily explain everything right away and you had grounding. This is just like a novelty. Like yeah. there's no one that I'm following. It doesn't really matter. It's well, I mean, fine. That's also, I, mean, I think the, the problem that Mark is, is talking about is inherent to the story they're telling because the in this new utopia there is no conflict. It's, it's a the point is that none of them are even allowed to have relationships. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not even that they're not allowed. It's that they don't even seem to know about the ability to have it or want it. So, yeah. you know, all of these things of like these people being emotionally um, involved or circling each other isn't happening here because part of it is everyone is an individual and they're left to their own devices and you don't get to mix with other people. Yeah, so I mean, it's like get you get these you get these little scenes of like, okay, Peter's painting, uh, Storm is washing clothes with her powers, like Magneto is cooking in the kitchen. You know, they show these things of them doing like hobbies, uh-huh. um, but that's about that's about it. That's the only bit of character. Like Jean is reading like four books at a time, but they're not like. They're not interacting like even like back in the day, it was like Gene and Scott had a relationship and that was an ongoing thread. There was like, you know, Kurt and Kurt and Kitty, you know, all of these characters had these really complex relationships that were going on throughout the whole thing. And then these stories were happening um, on top of that. That's the point of this story is that they're not allowed to have that. That's why we're getting it. No, I'm not even talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about just just character and just uh, and the ongoing kind of interplay between different characters um, with each other and how that's like almost like a subplot of the whole thing. And then the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants show up in that and, and you know, and then you got a little bit of conflict or, well, you know, then the Sentinels show up or whatever. But really the core of it is, is this really this family style of, uh, of, of interplay between the cast members. Yeah, um, that's the core of what makes it good. This is, yeah. and we're all in agreement with that. And this is, so I already can tell what they're trying to do with this entire uh, um, event. Right. It's, it's Nate Gray's impression of what makes uh, impression of, of perfect. Yeah. He was yeah. born in a tube and then everything about him is loneliness. Like the, um, the dimension he was even born in doesn't exist anymore. He's had no parents, no guidance, just he's alone and he's perfect and has all the power in the world. So obviously that's the way to do it. So I get that. And that's he's fine. Like as a, a, yeah. That's fine as a content as a concept, but it's, it's, it's a very boring story thus far. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he's a sociopath and he doesn't know how he, he doesn't know how like other people interact. So of course he cancels, out that interaction with everyone there but still i mean human beings have a natural urge to do that and they played with that in it, it it's weird because they played with that in that initial story yeah. with uh gene and bishop kind of coming together and doing that sort of thing but then right. they resolved that whole problem like in in that issue it, it's like that would have been something a nice um theme to kind of have going on in this whole thing whereas like in the second one then x23 has has her kind of flashback and so we know a little bit about gene and and bishop going on there and then then x23 and then maybe we get a little 
something next issue with with Colossus or Storm or Nature Girl, one of these other guys, and it's it, it would develop through a couple of issues, but it's already but that's too but that's that's yeah. treading water. Like then, why is this five different miniseries? So yes. if the most interesting thing exactly. that happened. Um, like the, the the most interesting conflict that even occurred in the first issue, the the alpha issue of this was that relationship, and then how it ended with uh with Bishop and Jean. It's gotcha. split off into two separate books. Mm-hmm. So what they're yeah. doing is like they're they're almost just like splintering their own like story momentum, and it's just it's yeah. it's stupid. This could have been one series. And how powerful how powerful was that relationship if it was if it was so easily erased? Well, actually, you they know? they made reference that it happened multiple times, so that's yeah. why they eventually just yeah. removed Bishop altogether. Whereas this yeah. with X twenty three, she's still around. So these are all things that we're implying on the, on the like the outskirts to make it a better story. Yeah. Just put it yeah. on the page. Yeah, and not exactly. make it thirty issues of treading water until the well, omega. Well, we don't know if it's thirty issues of treading water. We've had two, so but it, um, I don't. It's true. That's but fair. I, but I don't care yet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try a couple because what I obviously I think what's happening here is that we're going to have this first issue, and we're dealing with the main these main people who seem to be doing everything by the book, and there are the different um, series that are coming out. Yeah, about different um, characters. So we're going to be getting different people responding differently because even in this book they are. Receiving this distress call, not a distress call, but like this psychic call where they're saying that um, we can show you the truth. Uh, join our cause, Central Park, this Saturday. So we're going to have we have different characters that we're going to be meeting who are taking a different route uh, in this new world. Yeah, right? it's, it's Apocalypse and his yeah team so, of free lovers. I'll tell you. Th- also, also, it feels like they're kind of retelling what we already knew from that first issue yeah, in this issue to kind of establish that, you know, at the end of every spot in that issue, they said, well, check out this for more on this, but it's not really the next step. It's like basically X 23 is do he did to X 23, almost exactly what they did with Bishop and well, Gene in, yeah. in, uh, in that last issue. So it's, it's just, you know, it's a repeat and yeah. I don't want to buy, like if I were like, like gonna get all 30 of these issues i wouldn't want uh one fifth of each of those to have kind of repeated what the snippet of what we got in that in that uh age of x-men omega book or alpha book god how how would that destroy so many like um fans that like to be completists like all right so all you need is issues two through five they would just they would rip their souls apart yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to Batman number 64, The Price of Justice, Part 1, by Williamson and uh, Gilliam March. Was that Joshua Williamson? So we've got a team-up book here of The Batman and Barry Allen. And uh, this is a tie-in to the Heroes in Crisis uh, yeah. series. So it's, so it's even a bigger diversion from the cliffhanger of yes. issue 60. And they even mentioned that in the book. Did you see? Did you see what it says? It yeah. says more nightmares next issue. Or it's After like, this, yeah. it's like, oh please, please, I, I can't wait until these new nightmares show up. You know, uh, yeah, when we're it's, just it's, treading water. It's after like three more issues, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I, this issue is. You know, we we all have said like, oh, this is our favorite book of the week. This is and and stuff like that. Uh, this is the opposite of that. This was my least favorite book of the week, mainly because mainly because of the characterization of the justice league in here. Um, it's, uh, we, you've got John Stewart quipping, 
you've got uh, kind. Of, it, I, I get it. I get it. What they're trying to do is make the Justice League into uh, um, the Avengers, mm-hmm. where you know they're they're quipping back and forth and they're having a good old time and it's it's wonderful. Um, you get these lines. You, you get this action scene. This kind of throwaway thing of of uh, of. Uh, Batman having these flashbacks, he's seeing these victims of what happened at Sanctuary. Um, but at the same time, the the uh, all the rest of the Justice League are kind of just doing their thing. Yeah. Um, and it's mainly focusing on Flash and Batman, which that part about it was not um, was not like didn't annoy me as much as when they're all done. Uh, and then it's like first John Stewart says, Oh, that's what the fifth emergency we've had all this we'd we've dealt with this week, and I'm like, you're the fucking Justice League. You're you're busy every day. There's not. It's like you get twelve in one day, and then you get this splash of um, what I wouldn't give for a swim in the healing waters of the mascara, and and like Wonder Woman is is stretching, and and Hawkman Hawkgirl goes, I just want a nap, and John John Jones who has been here for at least 20 to 30 years what's a nap no i thought that too so but then and then well and then sorry i i, I okay, let me just I, and then and then mira goes my suit is being just beginning to smell of seaweed Ew. i mean really i mean it's i i just all of this stuff the way it's just easy jokes bad characterization like characters are just kind of like John Stewart doesn't quip. Um, John Stewart is a, a military guy. He goes in, gets the job done, and and you know that's just not what John Stewart does. Well, yeah, but he doesn't uh, quip here. He does. Yeah, he does. Where? Where? It's like a right buy a beer to the first Amazo thing. Oh, and... oh, I missed it. Shit. It's you know yeah. what? I, just this entire first sequence is doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's at awkward all. and and it's awkward and dumb and it's just lazily characterized. It's it just it feels as if they don't like the. Williamson just doesn't know what to put in these characters like bubbles. And I would much rather have just a silent splash page than everybody saying things that they wouldn't normally be saying. I know they're, I know they're, they're like comic book characters, but it's like, they still, they're characters and they've like Mira wouldn't, Mira doesn't do that stuff. What you have here is just a bunch of characters that non quippy characters doing stuff, but maybe Hawk girl, I would, maybe I would give that, to hot girl but that's about it and barry is definitely not in the mood to, to to be doing that sort of thing um but anyway they just have to have you know there's no light-hearted characters in this this first first panel so don't don't force the the comedy you don't make it into a, a place where you have to chuckle no it didn't bother me i, th- I think the thing that okay. bothered me more than that actually was the fact that they take down these amazo robots so easily yeah. You know, Amazo when when they want Amazo to be, they uh, make it almost unbeatable. And then when I guess then when they just need to get it done quick, uh, Batman beats the Flash Amazo by uh, ripping off its head with his utility belt. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that was a pretty easy solution. Yeah. Uh, so I stand by what I said. This entire opening sequence doesn't matter. No, no, yeah, we know. Well, I'm no, no, I, I well, don't, I don't mean that as a negation to what you guys are 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 said about or complaining about. I'm talking about like story wise. Yeah, it doesn't need to be there yeah. at all, so it's worthless. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I would much rather have started at the Flash Museum and then Barry questioning why 
um, Batman's there. Why Batman is there. Yeah. Uh, I, have, um, I have a problem and, uh, with the Flash Museum sequence. The very first happening? splash page of the Flash Museum, we've got Barry Allen. We've got two giant golden statues, one of yeah. Barry Allen and one of White Wally Flat, White uh, Wally West, who just reappeared. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't been around this entire time. Everyone forgot who he was. He didn't exist yeah. until a couple of months ago. He regular, you know, the, I'm sorry, not regular, but like the Wallace West has been here this entire time. But the statue is of White Wally West. I'll one up you there. I have a problem with the fucking cover of this issue. Oh shit! <laughs> Why? I mean, look at this cover. Batman is he's holding is up a strong statue? enough. It's like all of a sudden he's strong enough to uh, just hold this giant statue up like yep. this. Are you yep. kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, that's I mean, a Superman it's, thing, not a Batman thing. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of lot of just wrong moves in this book. I and I I hate saying it because I really have been entertained with Josh Williamson's on Josh Williamson on Flash, but this is just a misfire of a of an issue. I, I feel, um, and we haven't even gotten to the meat of the issue yet. But um, I mean, there are some interesting little beats. Like the first page is interesting when when Batman just can't can't. Uh, uh, make himself do an autopsy on Wally. That yeah, yes. That was good. Um, stuff like that. It, it's but there's just too much, like too many wrongs uh, going on in this in this issue. And then the reveal at the end is Gotham and Gotham Girl, who I don't care about. I didn't even finish their. There was so anyone who wonders. Uh, Tom King when he took over Batman for Rebirth, the first volume of Batman is called I Am Gotham. And it involved Gotham, who's that this character we meet at the end here, and then Gotham Girl, his sidekick. And they both have sort of Superman-esque powers, flight mm-hmm. and strength and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's the – they talk about it in the book. Like they burn out. Their powers burn out. Yeah. If they so, use them, they, you, they die. You die. Yeah. yeah. So – and then the reveal here is that I guess he's alive. Was I guess he was supposed to be dead. I don't know. Well, no. She's trying to – Bring him back to life. He's all hooked up, yeah. Frankenstein style. Um, this is boring. I wasn't bored. I won't say it was boring. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't have the problem with the characterization in the beginning. Uh, my only problems were literally the the Flash Museum statue and the how quickly the Amazo robots were dispatched. The rest of it I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was boring. But we can just agree. To I disagree. I just I think that there were just a lot of missteps in this issue yeah. that that were building up to this big reveal. Mm. It felt like it felt it almost felt like they had a story, but they didn't have enough pages filled, so they had to fill it with something. So you, all right, let's put a random Justice League attack yeah. uh, scene at the beginning to pad out a few splash pages and yeah. just to kind of make the whole issue, which is sad that. There isn't another way to do that within the story. Yeah. Um, felt kind of lazy. Um, I don't know. This whole Gotham thing, it's... I don't mind those two characters. I just don't know if that's worthy of this crossover when it has nothing really to do with Sanctuary other than the whole Barry or Wally West thing. Mm-hmm. Like, why wasn't Gotham Girl in Sanctuary? Um, she may have she, been. She, she was for been. a bit, I believe, but then oh, she's working she for was Bane. One of them, wasn't she? Yeah, she was there for a while, but oh, she wasn't okay. there. She wasn't there when it went down. She's, those yeah. are characters that register on my radar. This know. does look like he's being pumped full of venom, but yeah, everything does. looks like venom these days. Like I thought, that's was that's what Batman was doing in the Man Who Laughs number two. 
uh, that issue. It looked like he was pumping up on Bane, but it was Bane, but or Venom, but it, I guess that was just Joker toxin. Yeah. Uh, thing. I they need to come up it. with. Yeah, they need to come up with like a different color for all of these things, just so that we know, because we know that Venom is green. Yeah. It's the way it was like back in the day. Uh, but they can't use green then for everything. It's just like in Marvel, you can't use green without people thinking it's gamma gamma radiated. Yeah. Yeah. But well, hopefully it's a four parter. And I'll tell you, here's, here's the thing I'll say. It's a damn sight better than those nightmare issues that we've been reading. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. This was, this was actually engaging and interesting enough for me to be like, okay, that's fair. I, I, um, have you guys like, um, offshoot, have you been keeping up on justice league? No. I'm off. I all right. I'm I'm a couple issues behind, so, so I, so I can't get into it. Is it wonky? Well, you were telling it's me still about so it. My wonky. favorite thing, uh, Mark. I don't know if you know this. Apparently, Batman has a Starro in Jaro. a in a jar. Yeah. That is named Jaro. Yeah, it's a piece of the original Starro that he took when Starro died during No Justice, mm-hmm. and he's just been kind of using it for latent psychic abilities like yeah. to scan stuff but it, it's it's Jaro. it's grown it's it's sentient so it calls him papa <laughs> oh jesus it's so and it's he calls it jaro yeah yeah <laughs> regardless though um it's wonky and the big um the big bad was finally revealed in it it's just it's very it's very weird we're talking about right. like the reason the source wall was built and all kinds of oh, crazy neat. weird shit yeah okay okay don't don't, don't don't spoil it so, for me. Yeah. So what happens is <laughs> see what had happened was I definitely want to catch up with it. Um, yeah. It does seem I, I, see Batman wouldn't call it Jaro. Robin would. Yeah. Like it, when Robin with with Robin around, he would say, "Oh look, it, it, it goes. This is a this is Starro, and I did that and kept it. And uh, uh, then That's Robin right. would start. Take, mm-hmm. taking it in Damien would like take it in as a pet because he has so many other pets and he'd be like I, I called it Jaro yeah. this this is the we had this conversation two weeks ago there's 18 different Batmans right now mm-hmm. some of them quip some of them and are weird some of them, of them beat up in Batman's book yeah a lot of them are all in the same book yeah it, weird uh, very inconsistent yeah. ah well Daredevil Get number the... one Marvel's Daredevil number one by Chip Zarsky and Marco Cicchetto uh, the first the first thing here is, holy shit, this artwork. Yeah. I miss Marco Cicchetto. He is so goddamn good. But, all right, so here we are. We've got Daredevil back. Uh, I did not finish the end of the last series. And then the miniseries that called The Man Without Fear it was five issues that just wrapped up. No idea what's been happening. Apparently, I read it. Oh, great. Give us, give us the scoop. Uh, basically, um, well, before the last series ended... Um, uh, Matt Murdock saw a kid in the street that was just about to get hit. It's a re, it was basically all over again. It was, um, him saving somebody. Yeah. Saving somebody from getting hit by a truck. But this time, instead of having the chemicals go all over him, he was literally hit and run over by the truck with multiple, multiple injuries and all of that. So he did die, but then he was brought back to life. 
Um, and then it basically just, you know, through medical means. And then they just said that, you know, he was so broken that there's no way a human being could come back to that. Plus all of the other injuries that he's, he had when he was, when he was daredevil. So his body has just reached its limit. Okay. And so the man without fear one was him basically totally giving up saying he wasn't going to fight anymore. And then kind of dealing with the fact that he actually does have fear and he, him going through this, uh, you know, he's, he is going to, it's, it's a redemption, but he's sort of half the hero he used to be. Gotcha. Who wrote that? Uh, I think that soul. No, no. Soul, soul did the normal series. This is Zed, not Zed, um, Zed, something or Zub? No, no. Jim Zub. It's a new guy, but I've seen Jim Zub Zeb Wells before. Okay. While we're doing, well, while we're playing the name game, we could have been looking this up, but no, oh well. no, no, no. <laughs> well, I can't move because I, you'll just hear all of my movements on the microphone. So the internet's just oh, that's stupid. right. Still, I can't right. even. Usually, I'm googling shit and I can't put my microphone down. So anyway, doesn't fucking matter. Here we are, number one, mm. Chip Zarsky. I think he did a bang up job. Mm-hmm. I think Marco Cicchetto did a fucking just. It's so it's so good looking, and um, we have a bunch of flashbacks as one does during Daredevil stories you get a bunch of flashbacks to young matt murdoch the catholic church a priest blah 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 he's got sex with a lady Maybe. he does the usual yeah. matt murdoch stuff and then there's a new detective who's real by the book he's a it's real jed, by the book kind of guy jed mckay is the guy who did man without fear series never heard five of issues heard. and actually well he's done a couple of fill-in issues and actually they, they were pretty good you could tell they were fill-in issues but they were they were pretty good cool, cool. anyway so but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I think it's a good start to the series. How about you, Noel? Noel. I actually, I really liked it. Um, I haven't read Daredevil with any regularity in a while. Mm. Um, not for any reason other than I just would lose too off. Too much. Yeah, yeah. Too much on your plate. Same thing. A little bit. Um, but this was really good. Like it was a it was a good introduction, but without actually um, diminishing anything that came before. And you you know you start the main character very very low yeah. but he doesn't know it which is like a really fun conflict also i'm glad that they redesigned the daredevil costume really i liked him when he was uh kind of i don't know Black. no I, I like i just like the pants i like that he wears pants and it's not like a unitard well that's this is sort of just the way marco Cicchetto draws yeah. things i'm calling um, it a redesign no it's I like it's it. great i love it <laughs> i love it he's, he's got the um his he doesn't have gloves they are wrapped up like a boxers would be, mm-hmm. um, which are all, actually no, they are gloves too. Oh, I see. They're wrapped. He's got red tape over the gloves, um, and I yeah. like the stitching. Marco yeah. Cicchetto always does the stitching on a costume, which is real cool. Um, I just lo- I, I I love I love how he rendered it. And this whole like I read this final fight scene six or seven times. It's great. So after after we <clears throat> kind of find out what happens uh, at the end of the book, I went back and actually read this fight scene a couple of times and you know the hit in question is just so subtle no that's not what happened that's not what it is where's the big hit oh so spoiler alert at the end of the issue we find out matt murdoch is sort of passed out on his bed at home covered in blood of course and the i guess the news is reporting that one of the three men he was engaged with they were um not engaged with but he was engaged in a fight with Mm -hmm. uh has died from head trauma Mm mm-hmm 
So he shoves. Uh, he is uh, the 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 point of it. The crux of it is that he is not able to handle three lowly um, guys that are breaking in. That's to how a, weak he is. But not only that, he forgets how many people he's fighting. Yeah, fight. Had trauma. Like he's 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 on medication, trauma, all yeah, kinds of like. He it's he's just fighting two people, and he's like, oh wait, there's a there's third. A third. Guy. Yeah. Still, like, uh, yeah, oh, he right. forgot there's a third guy. Yeah. Either way, so this third guy, he elbows. They hit the back of their head. And then he is catatonic for the rest of the fight. And it happens on sides of panels. Like, even when the explosion happens on page uh, 23. He's still just laying there. He's sitting there motionless. You're absolute. I couldn't find it. Thank you. I thought it was this one little him, uh, the guy. No, it's super subtle. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, his eyes roll back in the back of his head. It's really, really uh, unsettling. Brutal. Yeah. So it's super well done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm uh I'm really happy with this. Yes. I like it a lot. Um and also too, the uh the great um drawn and uh written little short story at the back by, oh, by Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. yeah. This is this is this is fun. When uh when he was announced as the writer like I, I, I I've sure. always liked I've always liked Marco Cicciato's work, but okay. when he was announced as writer it was like, All right, we've seen him do comedy, we've seen him do action, we've seen him do like um, even some wartime stuff. Yeah, but isn't but, he doing Friendly Neighborhood? No, that's not him. He was so, doing. Uh, that's Tom. Uh, not yeah. Tom. Peter Parker Spider Man, wasn't it? Oh yeah, you're right. That's right. Tom Taylor. Tom, Tom, Tom Taylor. Taylor. Thank you. Either way, I I don't remember or have read any of his like version of noir or mm-hmm. street level type of stuff. So mm-hmm. it was like it was a little bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, and I was surprised I like at how much I enjoyed this because I wasn't sure going in mm-hmm. about Zarsky. I went, oh, I don't know. He does a lot of funny stuff. But yeah, it's good. Solid. Mark? Yeah. No, I, I I really can't really say anything more than what you guys have already said. I think I always love the character of Daredevil. I think he's such a rich character to work with. And um, th- still, I find it really amazing that you have some of these characters or some of these um, writers come in and they're, they're able to kind of um, put him in situations that you're just not – and still keep the character fresh, which yeah. um, which just shows how rich of a character he is. Yeah, I don't so. remember anything like this ever happening before. Yeah. I mean this is really just him on the bare brink of it and just – you know, he 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 would get beaten by Stilt Man right now. You know, yeah, if, yeah, for if sure. He actually came to Which it, I so. wish they would do. <clears throat> that would be kind of fun. I feel like nothing would hit his, uh, his ego like getting beat by Stilt Man. Yeah. But I think, you know, accidentally murdering a person, that'll, that'll fuck him up. That'll wake you up. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on. What do we got? Did you guys read Female Furies? Is that worth talking about? I did. <laughs> I did, too. Okay. It's a six-issue miniseries from DC. Uh, the Fourth World Revolution. It starts here by Castellucci. Cecil Castellucci? Yeah, Cecil Castellucci, illustrated by Adriana Ma- Malo. Uh, I didn't bother. What did you guys think? Mark, take it away. All right. Um, <laughs> basically, instead of, uh, you, you know, Apocalypse is like the biggest threat to the the DC universe. It's it's like this gigantic, like, uh, hell planet, basically. And then you got, uh, and Darkseid is Thanos, you know? It's like you've got, he is basically the biggest, the biggest bad of the bad yeah um in this issue it kind of makes him it kind of 
just really makes him petty and he is basically uh uh what's his nuts the produce, harvey weinstein oh my uh, god well and he he basically says gr- tells granny goodness if she wants to advance in his army that she has to basically sleep with him and um what? how does it, it goes uh battle makes me hungry for what food cannot fill come here goodness yeah you and will have he, power in my reign, but you must give yourself to me completely. Dark side fucks. Dark side. No, well, no. Dark side. Me too's. Uh, or yeah, me too's. Uh, so they. They they're retroactively. Well, he is a villain, so it's not like he's being. I, oh, I guess he does have it. sons. But he does have sons. No, he he makes, makes the sex. Yeah, All right, so I've just never. Sure. I've never seen it. So this retroactively. So the the main character of this book is Granny Goodness, and it retroactively kind of does her origin as being one of servitude and also, you know, uh, being dominated over like everyone else. Every every other seems surprising. Every one of her character. Oh, absolutely. Every other one of her his uh, his acolytes. They make fun of her constantly. Mm -hmm. Like we get young Granny Goodness. Oh, okay. She looks like Brigitte Nielsen. She does. Yes. Um, <laughs> like Desaad and and what was the other one? Willick. I always forget their uh, names. Desaad, Vandar, uh, and uh, or Vandal, whatever the guy's name. The guy who usually has the floppy hat. They they constantly ridicule her. They think she's garbage. They make fun of her. Like, oh, and really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they're... I thought everyone. No, like... this this is the thing. It, it that that wasn't a thing before this issue. Yeah, it's this, not this, like this yeah, yeah. retroactively. Changes her. If order. anything, if anything, Granny Goodness is is probably one of the most fearsome, next to Darkseid, like one of the most fearsome characters in the Marvel Universe. This just paints her as sympathetic. Now, Tom King painted her as sympathetic in his miracle. series, but did it in a way that was still kind of honoring the character of her being this evil person who thinks that her abuse is actually doing her her Service. kids a favor yeah by toughening them up and making them into the best soldiers they can be and doing all of this in this one she's basically trying to prove they make it all on her and basically she's trying to prove herself as one of the best in dark sides boys group now, i guess now is this essentially her sorry go ahead is this uh a, her past or is this her current state it's all of this her... is in the past because it's the original lineup oh, of the okay. furies so it's it's like giving her but, origin right? yeah essentially oh. i don't know because she they show her as the older lady uh that's that's heading up the female furies and then they show her as a young brigitte nielsen who dark side has sex with yeah but i i still think that the quote-unquote current version of granny goodness is still it's still in prequel territory. This this is I think this is a story that's well before any kind of current continuity of where Granny is. I don't think because so. Because it's the I, original I, lineup of the Furies. Isn't like two of them dead or different? Yeah. Like it's it's like Honestly, the origin I could of the not Furies. Tell you who the Furies are by character but it, to character. It's it's essentially the they're essentially taking the the um the kind of idea of um we work twice as hard to accomplish just as much and more, and yeah, which is pre- yeah, and aren't appreciated. Which so so it was like a punishment for them to give her the orphanage and make her take care of it. Mm-hmm. So she was just like, "Cool, I'm going to decide to train an army, and they're going to be better than all of you." Oh, and it, it, like it, it just it kept progressing in an in an interesting way. But then there'd be a weird then, then there'd a... be a weird scene or or an odd oh. like way too on the nose kind of 
allegory, and you're like, all right. Like it's then there's not, a bake-off. Yeah. There's a bake-off no. in this. Yeah. Yes. There's a what? bake-off in this. They make uh, the Furies go on through. On Apocalypse? Yeah. On Apocalypse. And an evening gown competition. What the fuck? And a, a bathing suit competition. There's on a... Apocalypse. Oh, my this, God. This book, const- like, it, it constantly goes through this cycle of a decent, a good to decent idea, and it starts to get executed really well, and then all of a sudden something um, cliched slash childish happens. Smile contest. Yeah, the jokes themselves undercut the idea of what he is trying to do or what the writer is trying to accomplish. I don't care about this. It's one of those things where if they took four steps back and made it a little bit more subtle, Absolutely. it would be, it would be a, a powerful story but because there's no uh there's no metaphor going on in this story it's just basically you know it's chauvinist pigs and you know women who try really hard and aren't accepted and it it it, and it's all put in the fourth world like apocalypse sort of stuff that that really it's like you could tell that if you actually had a creative bone in your body but this writer instead goes and and just is Basically, putting uh, using it as a uh, swims uh, as a like a beauty pageant. Uh, I mean, literally making it into a beauty pageant so, uh, on, on so Apocalypse. Weird. There are there are two things in this book that I thought were really troubling and but well done. One being um, Ariel's assault. Yeah, it was incredibly uncomfortable from the teacher, and yeah. it was effective. But yeah. then the other Fury's reaction to her. Yeah. So they shame her and think that she's a bitch and the worst because she's getting extra attention. Oh, yeah. So it's this interesting. They think she's sleeping this, her way to the top. It's this interesting toxic dynamic that keeps like it's not just that these women are victims. It's also that they're put in a situation where they keep victimizing and attacking each other. Yeah. Which That's is kind of interesting. which is a really really interesting story point, but it's wasted, interspersed with very on the nose cringy scenes. Yeah, this is yeah. a strange book for sure. Uh, but but the way it ends, I am interested in where it goes. Hmm. So like if it turns into this almost like hide a body t- kind of um escalation story almost like yeah. Like a Cohen Cohen brothers esque like we fucked up and let's keep trying to cover our tracks. I I think, I, I think you're giving this, this way too much, much credit. credit. <laughs> giving, giving, given the the what we got in this issue, you're giving this writer so much credit. You're right. To, I next... don't think I don't think this person is is clever enough to go there. Um, I, I I think that I I don't know. This is this is basically um, it's shoehorning in something that that could have been done in a in a much subtler way. Um, and it's shoehorning in issues into some into an area or like a like a, a mythology like a, you know fourth world it's it's been untouched after like you know this Kirby stuff like since Kirby I mean and like Tom King kind of opened the door on it and I think that now it's going to be fodder for more stuff um, but I, I really I really wish it could be like kind of elevated to world world threatening stuff now if this was like something that goes on in in Leviathan or the League of Assassins, and this was like maybe um, Raja Ghul and Talia and maybe the League of Assassins and this same Earthbound sort of thing, I would I would maybe, without all of the kind of cringy, like, 
baking contests and, and so, shit like that. But mm-hmm. I think if it were lower stakes, I I would accept it a little bit more. But these are like evil fucking gods, and I think it really is a disservice to Granny Goodness's character to to kind of do this, do that kind of retroactive kind of shit to her. I don't know. I, I'm I I. I hear what you're saying and i agree with you i just i i am like at the end of the day i appreciate um or i'm a, I'm a giant fan of of horror or genre or science fiction being able to to do the funhouse mirror to society in satirical or or you know as parody or in satire to like have a deeper meaning you know like a like a veiled purpose yeah, yeah. this could have been amazing by a different writer who was a who who was potentially able to balance it better so like the like you know before it happened the level of satire and parody that existed in um mark russell's flintstones is like if somebody told you about it you'd be like go fuck yourself so like there are some amazingly good ideas in this that could have been executed much differently and we'd have a different conversation so like I, i don't think that this is folly it's just so poorly balanced I think the the lack of imagination in the writer makes it folly when it could be, you're right, in the hands of someone like Mark Russell, who's actually able to kind of deal with metaphors and and kind of take real world problems and put them under Mm -hmm. in in the world that it exists. And I think that that's that's that gets to the heart of it. It's like this. These problems aren't they just don't fit into the world as uh, creatively or like, you know, you would have to tweak them a little bit Mm -hmm. like. You know, I don't think anyone bakes for themselves on there. They have they have freaking parademons in there making food or they eat fucking parademons. I don't know. You know, it's 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 just the fact that there's an evening gown competition and there's a a smile contest and all of that stuff. The only time people smile is when evil things happen on Apocalypse. And that's (laughs) Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness is like she's sadistic as hell she's constantly giving that giant evil grin but that's because she's she's such a psychopath that she she loves all the evil shit that her and her furies do you know i i don't know giving her uh giving her this kind of background is uh, i don't know it just doesn't feel like it's honoring the character it's it's shoehorning in Mm -hmm. modern modern day issues i guess could have been good could have been. Could I don't care. Been. I'm not going to read it. Here's the girl in the bay, J.M. Demetrius and Corin Howell with James Devlin. This is put out from Burger Books, Dark Horse, I guess. It says Burger Books, but then there's like a Dark Horse logo. Weird. I believe that's is that's Karen Burger. Yeah. Well, Karen oh, is the editor from yeah. Vertigo. Oh, is this her? Is this her imprint and Dark Horse? Maybe. I think it oh, is. I guess so. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So. um... First impressions. The cover does it no service. Uh, I saw the cover for this book. I saw The Girl in the Bay. I was not interested by the title. I was not interested by the cover art. It reminds me of an Aspen book from 10 years ago that I didn't care about. Mm -hmm. But because uh, we decided to talk about it, I cracked it open and I read it and I was pleasantly surprised. This is issue one of four. And... uh, I thought this was actually really interesting. I think it set up a really interesting premise that I haven't seen before. Uh, I would not be surprised if this was turned into a TV show or a film, which may be the, you know, the whole point. I don't know. I don't really see that as J.M. Dimitrius's uh, M.O., but I thought this was really interesting. What did you guys think? Or maybe I should tell you real quickly what it's about. So basically, we've got this main character, Catherine Angela Sartori. She hangs out in 1969, as teenagers do, and she winds up taking a bunch of drugs 
and meeting a boy and getting a kiss on and then realizes, fuck, I've been stabbed. He stabbed me. A lot. Uh, and then threw me into the bay. And when I resurface, I not my, my wound is gone. I don't remember how I got there. I don't know why I'm resurfacing in this bay. And when I go home, shit is weird. Uh, it, it's 50 years later. And not only not only is it 50 years later, she's still alive and she's 50 years older. She meets herself 50 years from now uh-huh. who has a daughter. And so I kind of assumed this was a, oh, a she's granddaughter. Been, well, she's she been missing this whole time. She's got a daughter and a granddaughter, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was that was, I think, the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, is, me too. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I thought this was really cool. Mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to piece it all together. Um, it seems like the beginnings of a really great mystery. Um, doesn't she say that her sister disappears? Yes. At that time, like right around the same time she disappeared. I don't think which... so. Which? Oh well, no. A couple years later, she years wound later. up like running away, or, or you know, just oh, kind okay. of leaving and not coming back. I don't think she like disappeared. Oh, okay. I was just thinking that that there's there was some weird thing where she. She died, but her sister disappeared, and and I I don't know I, I I wasn't sure I was a little confused about that part, but I think that this is a I mean I read the the premise of this first um, and before like I was I suggested that we read this this week and I I just think the premise alone is is it it makes for sounds like a really cool thriller mystery kind of horror sort of movie um it reminds me of something maybe j-lo stars in it in the 90s <laughs> or you just made me uh, disinterested Uma, in it so specific. <laughs> no uh you know it's you know those thrillers where yeah, it's I like you know you cell. have the lover well no no not the cell like something like uh like someone to watch over me or jennifer eight or uh you know uma thurman or or julia roberts or or Lindsay Lohan, like, what? is doing a thing. <laughs> I, like, I feel like you're, you're, you're your hat. there's a bullseye on the wall and you keep throwing darts at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this seems like one of those, like, thrillers where it's, there's, there's Sarah there's Michelle Gellar's. Sex. In the... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally Sarah Michelle Gellar. But, um, yeah, it, it, I, I don't want to say that to make it a disservice to the book because I think it was a really intriguing plot. But it, it feels like there's, like, a little bit of convolution in there that, that makes it almost feel like those 90s thrillers that that were out there where like there's a stalker and there's some weird thing happening but there's also this mystical stuff here that i don't know if i'm into it or not the 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 painting, um, painting that kind of comes to life weird. yeah i'm curious about that yeah yeah so it'll be it, i i really kind of want to follow this one because um yeah. i really like jm dematius i think as much as he is known for his justice league work with keith giffen he is a very strong um kind of spiritual kind of writer he did this the the uh, specter when it was hal jordan oh right and so he gets into the metaphysical a lot in his works and this feels like it's going to get into metaphysics as well as you know you've got the mystery you've got the you've got the murder you've got the horror part of it but there's also it looks like you're going to get into some uh kind of spiritual stuff some some weird stuff so yeah i'm curious and it's only, the nice thing is it's only four issues yeah yeah which That's, will be cool that feels nice yeah. for some reason that feels like a nice little Ah, a little quick dip your toe in and you're out. Yeah, this I, I was pleasantly surprised by this also because I I also too got that um, old Michael Turner cover. Yeah, yeah, emotion. I thought for sure like, it was an oh book. man, but it was this was this was really good. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, this feels like um, a cover of Fathom. 
Um, <laughs> That's but, a book, yeah. But and even the even the font and uh, the coloring on the front of it just looks, yeah, it's it's very fathom esque, I think. But it's, I I think it is deceiving. Uh, it's not doesn't do a service to what's inside. Yeah, it doesn't read as like a sort of supernatural thriller, mm-hmm. which I think it is. Um, let's move on to the last book of the week. We got Young Justice number two, what? part of uh, the new Wonder Comics imprint from DC, headed by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Patrick Gleason and uh, Lupacino. What is the first name? Uh, Emanuela Lupacino. So, to recap, we all liked the first issue of this, right? Super loved it. I loved it. And but we were divided on Naomi. Yes. So this is further into the Wonder Comics comics hole. Yeah. Now, how do we feel? I felt like this was a little brief. Yeah. Uh, basically, we have the characters are um, well. We get a little bit of Amethyst and on Gem World and sort of what's happening there, and then we've got. What is her name? Ginny Hex? Ginny Hex. Ginny Hex and the Teen Lantern meeting up with Wonder Girls, Cassie Sandsmark, uh, who I love. I love this new outfit of hers. Mm-hmm. I think this is real cool and real modern, and it's not that ridiculous thing that I think Brett Booth was drawing a couple years ago. Oh, it's like a pants skirt This is cool. Thing. Um, and, but then we get her... It seems like we're going to be doing this every issue. Which I loved. Which is just a quick little flashback yeah. to how she got involved with uh, the story and her grandfather Zeus. Zeus shows up and I like their interaction, but I, and I like that. She's like, man, I don't know you. You're coming yeah. to bring me this weird amulet. I don't give a shit. Get out of here. And then he's like, all right. And he yeah, splits. <laughs> it's, it's really solid. It's like, uh, I, and it just, it felt like a, you know, 17 to 19 year old headstrong woman of like, I'm really kind of tired of people telling me mm-hmm. that I should be or shouldn't be and that I deserve something that yeah. I don't. You're coming here and giving me this thing that I'm I don't even know what the hell it myself, is. Dude. You know what? I'm good. Yeah, peace. Yeah, I dug that. And, I dug I, that and it threw me for a loop because usually those don't go that way. Yeah. This scene, usually, oh, the, the wizened old man comes and gives his granddaughter a thing and she goes, oh, thanks. And, you know, but she's like, nah, dog. Yeah. If it's if it's if it's my destiny, then I'll I'll get there. Yeah. Relax. Um, he's playing. He's playing with that Joseph Campbell kind of, uh, oh yeah, you know, journey of the hero, where you're right. It's like especially because this is has to do with Greek stories. This method has worked for Zeus all through the ages, <laughs> and like this is the first time he's approached somebody with gifts, and they were like, no, I don't think I'm gonna. No, I don't think I want to take that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a really cool. Um, it's cool for her character, and it's a cool just way of telling telling her story, I think. And that was the meat of this issue, mm-hmm. that whole flashback. The yeah. stuff that's happening on Gemworld, I don't understand it. I know that... I don't from, care yet. Yeah, I don't care yet. You're right. From their perspective, they're all just crashed there. Where Impulse and Connor Kent are, are not known to these three characters right now, or these well, four characters Connor right Kent hasn't... Did Connor Kent show up in issue one? He did at the very end. Oh, um, yeah. Bart just ran into him, and he's like, cool beard. Oh, That's I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. You know what my least favorite thing of this book is so far? Two issues in now? That both <laughs> covers <laughs> both covers have shown me what Teen Lantern looks like, but in the context of the story, she is hiding her ide- she's hiding herself. But she was in the yeah. first one. 
But she's her. oh no, we've never seen her. She's no, always been in some giant construct. Wait, really? Or, we or, didn't see yeah, her in or one? a jet or a, a a mech or like she's yeah. she's hiding the fact that she is a little girl. That's, <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah. Like these guys are all kind of like early teenagers, and she is like maybe barely thirteen. Yeah, like, eleven, twelve. Super short, um, like too super small. Like that's the way they draw her in these. So I don't know if, I, I mean, I didn't want to know I what she looks like. Yeah, that, or maybe yeah. she's just a short person. I don't know. But also, um, yeah, I love her outfit. Her outfit it is. is oh. She's got a. She's got like sort of a um, a t shirt on, and then a basketball jersey on top of that, and then. She, Sports shorts. It's all it's it's DIY. This is awesome. I had to tell. It's just and I I want to know all of it, but I wish I didn't know what she looked like. Right. Yeah. Because and in the context of the story, it keeps like if I didn't see these covers, I'd be like, the fuck is going on in there? And that's awesome. That's 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 you know what it's because I had her in my head from the covers. It didn't occur to me that we haven't seen her. Yeah. 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 She's been hiding her. Yeah, I mean, and then you couldn't have had the all girl like kind of uh, cover, cover, cover like that. Which, I mean, I, I mean, and we wouldn't be able to assume she was a girl if we didn't know who yeah. it was in there. And I think that that would have been a fun little mystery, you know. You find out who Teen Lantern is, and uh, you know, not that it was—it's a huge shock that oh my god, it's a black girl. You know, it—I I wouldn't want them to do something like that, but I would like to like just who she is and really have this person help them out, and they don't even know who it is inside but if they're creating a new character it's not like it's going to be a big reveal that you're just like oh okay it's it's a girl i know know? but it's it's just it it would have been a cute little it it strikes me as as a as fun and and i think of of like the kinds of bendis having such um like goodwill with readers yeah yeah could have gotten away with it for a good three or four issues you're right sure i I think i would preferred it actually Mm -hmm. and then we meet her we go oh neat um uh, what was the thing? Oh, poops. Oh, so quick little side note in that I didn't realize I loved Connor Kent's Superboy outfit as much as I do. Uh, I think this is <laughs> real cool. And uh, I kind of forgot about the kid, but I just recently, last night and today, watched Reign of the Superman oh, yeah. on the DC Universe <laughs> app. And I love the outfit he's got in that where he's got like the 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 haircut and the leather jacket and then the Superman yeah. suit underneath that went cool. out of style and now is it's back, back in, style. in style. Yeah, no, it, it it did full circle. And also to, like um to piggyback like if we're going to talk about the DC Universe app, I am now on episode 16 of season 2 of Young Justice. Uh-huh. And you're right. It's really fucking good. Ah, I told you. <laughs> it took a bit. Uh, but it, it didn't, it didn't like, it wasn't one episode that uh-huh. like, oh shit, son. It was slow, like precipitously no, just yes. got so good. And then by the time Miss Martian does that thing to Aqualad and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, this show is real. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. well, I like I, Superboy. I, I thought this was. This was a decent issue. Um, I really think they need to recognize how that that what made the first issue so good was the kind of rapid fire story. And I think that I really feel that like without Impulse and Connor, um, it lacks that kind of awesomeness that um, it had in the first issue, I think. Um, I, I just think those two characters are so vibrant and they were such a sight for sore eyes that um, I – I wanted more of that. Mm. Um, maybe they're just holding back on it um, just because they, they know that. 
Um, but yeah, it was just uh, it was just so great to see them in that first issue that um, I just without them in there, I was a little disappointed with this issue. Oh, uh, I don't think I was. I mean, I understand. Yes, uh, I understand um, that why you would be. But I think there's enough character beats in this issue that kept me interested. For some reason, I don't know why I love this so much, but I'm staring at this page where Ginny Hex it flashes to her uh, the forest of topaz and she's in her truck and she's clutch she's white knuckling her um steering wheel steering wheel and she's biting her lip going uh <laughs> well the next uh, panel too she's <sighs> yeah like she's exhaling but uh, just something Gleason's about amazing. The, the, there's three little Patrick panels Gleason. of just i've been teleported to another world i have no idea where i am or how i got here i've got my truck and my cowboy hat uh <sighs> What do I do? And there's just something about those three panels that I felt is very charming. Yeah. Um, they have they're making subtle they're making subtle judgments or or um, remarks about her uh, brandishing firearms so easily mm. in both issues. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like, and no, Even there's there's they're no not real firearms though. They're well, this shotgun oh, the is laser gun. Oh, it is a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah that's a legit. She's rocking she got a, a legit gun. shotgun. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm just waiting for her arch enemy hatchet shows up. <laughs> is that the one thing that you hate so far? That she doesn't have a, a, still needs a, a crunkled a up face? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. She's in my face. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yes, you you just, want her to have the uh, the drippy skin, the, the mouth yeah, skin, he wants, yeah. the he, eye skin. He wants this young teenager to have their half their face melted so they I earn their think, namesake. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Not we just need them. a little darkness in this uh, in 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 this series, I guess. That, I I like... That's the darkness we need. Yeah, to disfigure a young girl. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I, I noted. I, uh, <laughs> I really like I really like this cast. I really like yeah. Teen Lantern. I really like uh, you know Cassie. I can take or leave her. I like that little story beat, but I was never like the giant biggest like Cassie fan. Um, well, not but, yet, uh, but she's grown up. Tim was okay. I don't really know. I don't really know Amethyst, uh, uh, but um, yeah, I, I like seeing all these characters together. Um, I, I just think that the key to the success of these issues is going to be Impulse. He's like the heart of the team, and uh, I think I, I just want more Impulse. And I'm very excited for the return of Connor Kent. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the the structure of this almost seems like so. It's it's like um, it's two pronged. So first issue haphazardly bring them all together. Then we scatter them, mm-hmm. uh, intersperse um, flashbacks origins? Yeah. and origins, well, origins while they slowly start to get back together by the end of like four or five issues, yeah. which is almost standard. But when it's done well, it's just great. It's like watching an action movie that you know every beat of, but mm-hmm. it's just so satisfying. So I was having a conversation with Len the other day from one of my uh, co-hosts on uh, Gutter Talk, and I had said, you know what? I just I think I decided I. I really like the Teen Titans. And I said, it's one of those things where I like the Teen Titans, but not in a way that if you grilled me about the Teen Titans, I would be able to tell you all that much. But there is something about that team that I've always gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've read a bunch of the Wolfman and Perez stuff from the 80s, which is just great. I read the Jeff Johns stuff where the Kid Flash gets his kneecap blown off, which was badass. And... and it, it's just for whatever reason, I keep gravitating back towards that team, even though I haven't read all of it. Mm-hmm. And this is giving me what I think the Teen Titans has been lacking 
for a couple years now. Um, and it's a Teen Titans book without actually having the words Teen Titans on it. And it, yep. it's it's got the sort of the the energy that I really liked from the older Teen Titans books. And uh, I'm, I'm just really excited um, more so this than, than the Teen Titans stuff. Well, how would you distill that? So like for me, I, I, I think I know exactly what you're saying. For me, it was um, there is no matter what in a Teen Titans book, there is always a um, uh, hopeful naivete. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, there's still kind of, you know, youthful hope. Yes. Yeah, I think, and, I think you're hitting it. Yeah. But in the last couple of iterations, uh, up until this 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 newest one, I forget the with, writer uh, with Lobo's daughter. Yeah, which is which was really it's cute. Fun. Even though yeah. Damien's a so like a psychopath, it's pretty yeah. great. Um, there, the last couple have just been like, we're too fucking cool. Yes. And dark yes. and tortured, like it's edge lordy. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I agree. And I don't like. I don't want that. In my teen This Titans. is what I want. I want this. Yeah. Um, but now, I guess I'm getting it here. So, cool. Uh, also, quick side note. Speaking of Teen Titans, I've been trying to catch up on a trade paperback a month. So, this month, I did... Um, I own a comic book store. <laughs> and I have to catch up on a trade paperback a month. Mm. Anyway, uh, I did Teen Titans, um, The Lazarus Contract. Where oh, yeah? they're sort of setting up that whole weird thing with Deathstroke, and he's got the white costume, and he's got a new team. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. I would recommend it if you guys are interested in like. Is it good... the old Lazarus contract? No, no, that was not the Lazarus contract. That was the. This is post rebirth. Oh, that was uh, the Judas contract. The Judas contract. Oh, the Lazarus right. contract was last year, and it set up a, a story that was going on in Deathstroke itself, where he sort of has a change of heart, and and starts a, a whole different team. Change of costume as well, and also that yeah. So now that I'm watching um, Young Justice Sportsmaster. It's cool as hell. What a dumb name! It's an awful name. That's, That's an old Aw- character. Awful yeah. gimmick. No, I, I know, and they they keep using really old characters but making them cool. Yeah, but I just hate that he's still called the sports master. I mean, oh, he wears he a hockey a, mask, he was, and he was he's with the Huntress, it's yeah. like Casey Casey Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's he's like uh, um, he used to be paired up with the Huntress. They were like really? husband and wife, or boyfriend and girlfriend. He was a good this guy. Was, oh, this yeah. was like Earth. This was like Earth Two. It's in the show. This was Third Artemis's uh, parents. Huntress is in the wheelchair, and Sportsmaster's the father. Oh, I totally forgot. And Shadow and I'm 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 neck deep in it. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else we want to discuss before we get the hell out of here? Uh, you guys didn't read Gunhawks. I did. Not. I did not. I'm sorry. I can give a really quick summary of it. You got two minutes. It's it was it's done by David Laffham and his wife. Oh, Mrs. Laffham. <laughs> I forget <laughs> her name. I don't have it in front. Maria. Of me, but, uh, um. Anyway, yeah, Maria. Um. And uh, it is it's called Gunhawks, but it's really just about one sheriff who. It's basically just a, a typical, fun kind of throwaway uh, western story, but it really works. The art is really good. There's some really nice, um, homages to some cool. Uh, westerns of the past there's like mm-hmm. a there's a good the bad the ugly scene that's really well set up this um, art is awesome yeah and it's uh it, it, out of all of these kind of like what is it 80 years of marvel yeah how many years of it what out of all of those this is probably my favorite of all of them because it's really showing that there you can still tell really good westerns this is this feels like it can fit right up there with the old Jonah Hex uh, series by Gray and Palmiati. I think that that it's just a really good handling of the Western genre. That, 
So that's so about it. what you're saying is that the one that I failed to read is the yep. one that's actually good. It's yes. not. It's not a bunch of stock anthology shit. Nope. It's, it's actually a real good. Damn it. good one Because, yeah, we shot. read the last couple of them. And honestly, yeah. that's why I was shit. like, I'll read that last. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it actually was good. I, I, But I think it's it has to do with the fact that it's David Laugham doing it. And he is just an amazing storyteller, yeah, writer. He's, he's, he's really good. So that's about yeah. it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Spoiler Alert. Spoilers. I've been your host, Johnny Destructo. Thank you so much for everyone who donates to the show at Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. It actually does help. Uh, we're going to get some mic stands, so hopefully the next experience will be better. Uh, but we're trying. And you, you should go to Patreon slash ML Miller Writes, I believe, and you should yep. donate to Mark Miller's uh, uh, Patreon. You can find Noel at Mr. Bartocci on Twitter. Hello. And um, is that it? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the Twitters, Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Uh, also, ML Miller writes the the website there um, where I post my reviews of horror movies. And I'm on ComicCon.com, and I post uh, horror, horror reviews there every Friday. Nice. We really got to get back to doing an episode of the Cannibal Horrorcast. We actually have an email from Pink Apocalypse. One, we do. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of good ones out there right yeah, now. I started so. watching um, Horror Noir. Before I came here tonight. Oh, we should. I haven't gotten it all the way through. Maybe we should do one on that. I did too. I saw it. Uh, I watched it a while back, and it was really good. Let's it's, get together it's really for good a so far. Cast. Yeah, Sam and I were watching it. I got about nice. an hour in. I was like, I gotta go. All right, guys. Hopefully, we'll get that together. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Deuces. Uh, all right. Well, guys, I'll talk to you later on. Then. All right, buddy. Thanks. Bye. Oh, so oh, seriously though, should we do a Cannibal Horrorcast? Yeah, I would yeah. love to get back into the, the the swing of that. Yeah, um, I, I'm trying to think what a good. I mean, movie? it that's good. It reminds me of uh, Terror in the Isles, where it's like it shows a bunch of clips of movies where you want to see some of those movies uh, yeah, that me they're too. showing. Um, if you have, if you all have Shutter, I mean, they are posting a couple of. Uh, there are a couple of movies on Shutter that are actually kind of fun, and they're um, they're kind of. Uh, either done by black directors or they're uh um done by you know they're 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 they star iconic uh african-american like Mm -hmm. actors uh it it and they were there was a lot of them that were featured on in that documentary Um, well should we all right so i think that's a great idea i fucking love it i've already watched horror noir okay okay the there, there are actually a couple of really good choices people under the stairs which i love uh, that movie so much i've never seen it You've never Ganja, seen it? Ganja and Hess is kind of boring, but it's an important movie. Um, and uh, the other one that would be a lot of fun would be uh, Bones with Snoop Dogg. Or Tales of the Hood, um, yeah, which would be fun, too. So um, People Under the Stairs is like one of my favorite lost Wes Craven movies. That and Shocker, yeah. for some reason, are just oh, let's, amazing. Let's do it. Let's do, yeah, let's do People Under the Stairs. Right, so, let's yeah, let's, yeah, let's I, think about I love that. that I would, I maybe would next, totally week, watch next week sometime. Or All right, this, cool. Next, maybe we can cool. get together an hour ahead of time before this one? Yeah, that works. Yeah, I could probably do we'll that. just knock two out in a row? Yeah, I can do that. All yep. right, we're sold. We're doing it. Cool. All right. All right, brother. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA.
Yeah.